0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is BELIEVE.
1: The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Online. I'm supporting all my favorite Bay Area teams. Who are you rooting for? From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casinos as well. They never close. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Paulina Edmonds. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking to a good friend of mine and role model, Christy Amaguchi. So Christy's from the Bay Area. And as a Bay Area native myself, I've always looked up to Christy for her endeavors both on and off the ice. I feel so blessed to know her and so lucky to be a part of projects she has with her philanthropy, the Always Dream Foundation, which we'll get into on this episode. But before I begin, a quick word from my sponsor. Today's show is presented by Beachly, who I'm super excited about because I live near the beach and I love the beach style. Beachly is a box of beach-inspired apparel, and accessories delivered four times a year. With Beachly, you get six to eight pieces of premium apparel, and proceeds from each box sold funds beach cleanups by Heal the Bay. You choose either quarterly or annual payments for your subscription, and you can also cancel at any time. So go to Beachley's website and use our promo, SKATING, to get $20 off your subscription. Again, use our code SKATING, that's S-K-A-T-I-N-G, at checkout at beach.ly today. Now back to the show. So now I'm here with Chris Magucci, who is the 1992 gold medalist in skating. She competed, obviously, in the 90s, was huge, super popular, still super popular today, and she's from the Bay Area, so I've grown up knowing Christy and always admiring her skating, but also admiring her work outside of skating with building her philanthropy, building the Always Dream Foundation, so we'll jump into all about Christy in a second, but... First thing um, I wanted to talk to Christy about was, particularly in today's uh, skating generations, you know, in the 90s, you did the triple X triple toe at the Olympics, which was super impressive. And it was always this big element that was kind of separating, I feel like, top ladies from the rest because of the skill required to be able to do two triples in a row in combination. So Do you think that it is something that separates high level skaters and do you think that it's something that should still be of value in today's skating?
0: Um, Yes, definitely. I think, um, you know, having something to kind of differentiate the skaters technically uh, is definitely needed. And, you know, I think you don't have to go crazy and have every single jumping pass be a triple-triple combination, but Um, I think when you can demonstrate a cleanly landed, you know, jump combination or uh, jumping pass that, you know, it's maybe something very few of the other competitors can do, then then why not showcase that?
1: Right. Yeah. So you worked your full career with Christy Ness. How many years did you skate with Christy as your coach?
0: Wow. Let's see. So I started with (laughs) when I was um, actually nine years old and um, we were at uh, a skating clinic that was taking place and there were several other coaches that who were there like Carlo Fossey and Christy was there and uh, I think like John Nix so uh, a really incredible group of of coaches and I think at nine it it was like she said, Hi, I'm Christy. And I was like, Oh, I'm Christy too. Um, But knowing she was in the Bay Area at the time, she had a lot of the top skaters uh, nationally. And so I started training with her. And really, she kind of took my technique and broke it down. And I, I relearned a lot of my jumps because when I when I went to her, they were cheated. And Um, probably, I mean, obviously not the greatest technique because I wasn't pulling in and doing the jump, the air position properly. So, so she really took me from the ground up.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I've worked with Christy myself for the last couple years. And when I was 10, I actually did some consulting with her. And then every year after that for a jump technique specifically, and she always was just this character of traditional skating, clean technique, you know, no nonsense anything and it, it's been amazing to be able to work with her because, you know, of her track record exactly, you know, with you that I have so much trust in her and everything that she gives me in terms of advice because of being able to follow you as an example. Mm-hmm. So, love Christinas. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, after you were the Olympic champion and the world champion, what was next for you? So were you doing a bunch of shows? Were you doing a bunch of events for skating? Kind of what happened?
0: Yeah, it was it was quite the whirlwind. Um, I mean, back in 92, there was still a real definite line of professional skating and then uh, amateur skating, which uh, was what I was doing as a competitor. And so it was kind of like the big question of do I turn pro? Like once you turn professional, you can't go back. But after 92, there was another Olympics happening two years later in 94, um, because that's the first year they staggered the winter and and summer games. And so there was a big opportunity to think about actually going back to the 94 games. But I, I decided to turn professional after 92, skate with stars on ice. And um, it was an incredible year of professional skating uh, that I enjoyed from 92, 93. So before the 94 Olympics, I was like, okay, I'm staying where I am, I'm gonna continue on with professional skating. But so, you know, I was just really lucky to be able to join um, a group of skaters of the likes of Scott Hamilton, Roslyn Sumners, Brian Orser, Um, Kitty and Peter Cruthers, all who are such incredible role models professionally and I think really showed me the the ropes of what it was to be a professional skater and what that meant you know bringing your best every night versus you know a few times a year as a competitive skater so so yeah it was a big learning curve but I, I feel lucky I had the best too to really uh, learn from. So, you know, I just I feel really lucky to have been able to skate professionally on, on Stars on Ice for 10 years after the Olympics. So
1: that really extended, I guess, my, <laughs> my skating years. How did you like shows versus competing? Was it still hard or was it easier, more fun? What would you say your experience was?
0: Well, definitely more fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, for it, sure. Uh,
0: less stressful. I mean, I, I wouldn't say there was no stress because um, it was a tough schedule. You know, as a competitor, you had your five, six competitions a year that you really focused on. And, you know, the rest of the time you were at home in your routine, in your comfort zone training, and, you know, you learned two programs to master for that entire year as a professional, you know, we were doing lots of different events. We were sometimes on tour in four to five cities a week and, you know, knowing each audience was a new audience, seeing the show for the first time. So you wanted to give them the best. So it was, it was a different type of preparation. It was really kind of a marathon and, you know, trying to be um, as consistent as you could be every night and really giving the people who are coming to watch the show you know hopefully something they wanted to see and some entertainment you know two hours of escape from from their own lives so so yeah i would it was definitely not as pressure-filled as a olympic preparation and competition but you know there was still that oh we want to live up to
1: what everyone's expecting to see and hoping to see exactly that's so cool to have both kind of worlds of skating you had literally the highest in both just being you know the longevity and pro skating with stars on ice of being there for 10 years and then also with your competitive career with the olympics it's like every skater's dream so it's super cool to hear you talk about it
0: (laughs) it was fun times i mean i do look back on it and think how fortunate i think we were in the 90s and you know I think there were just so many factors that kind of went into that and you know there was no Netflix or you know all these other channels that are on TV now or streaming platforms so um skating was on TV a lot and I think that really helped with allowing us to get our names out there and perform and yeah feeling really lucky to to be in that that time frame
1: Are you still close friends with a lot of the skaters that you were on tour with for all of those years?
0: Yes, very much. And, you know, although we don't see each other as often as we used to, but, you know, once that, and and you know, Paulina, and, and especially from your Olympic team too. There's just a bond that will always be there with those people. And yes, I mean, they were literally my family for 10 years and, you know, we shared so much ups and downs and great times and crazy times together. So yeah. So when we do see each other, it's very much the same. I mean, it's three of them were in my wedding, you know, eventually when I got married, uh, you know, most of the tour was there at the wedding, Um, you know, still in touch with, with most of them, and try to have girls' weekends with the girls from tours. So it's, yeah, there, there's definitely a strong bond. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's funny because, you know, you, you share secrets and, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, we all have blackmail material on each other, but that's fun. That's life, right? And that's yeah. uh, the trust and the fun that comes along with friendships like that.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Well, speaking of family, you have, such a beautiful one now. You, your husband is Brett Hedekin, who won the 2006 Stanley Cup with the Hurricanes. You have two beautiful daughters, Kira and Emma. I know Kira's nearing the end of her high school career, right? What are her plans for the future? What's she doing right now?
0: You know, I wish I had a better idea <laughs> Uh, she is a junior in high school and um, you know getting through as well as she can you know in this situation everyone's in right now but she is very much a performer and she loves uh, she's been in choir for the last three years at school and uh, she just joined drama this year because she has aspirations of Possibly getting into acting, whether probably more um, on camera versus you know for a while it was musical theater. So she's she's very much the thespian, I think, wow. <laughs> in the family. So we'll see. And she still dances. She she's been dancing hula for the last twelve years as well. So that's on actually on a competitive level as well. And um, it's always been her passion. And she's really. Uh, Her and her hula sisters, they call each other, really developed an amazing appreciation for the Hawaiian culture and the Hawaiian language, and you know, just really feel a connection there with the culture.
1: That's so amazing. Wow. It sounds like she has a lot going on with all of her different interests and all of her different talents. So that's awesome to hear. And then, of course, your youngest daughter, Emma. She's a beautiful little skater, and I've so enjoyed working with her on the ice for the Always Dream Foundation with the little shows that we've done around the Bay Area. So. I'm hoping that she's doing well as well.
0: <laughs> yes. And yeah, no. And and I have to thank you for being such an amazing ambassador for always dream and, you know, always there to um, lend a helping hand and be a part of the work that we're doing. So thank you so much for that. And it, it, it's just, you know, it's kind of coming full circle. Emma's being able to see, you know, here's Paulina Edmonds Olympian and someone she really looks up to and, and helping her out. So it's, It's fun. I mean, she, you know, Emma, she has fun. It's kind of recreational for her, as you know, Uh, (laughs) but it's a great activity. I think, you know, whether you skate a few hours a week or a few hours a day, there's just always something you can get out of the discipline of skating and, you know, the life lessons it teaches you. You know, she competes maybe a few times a year, but, you know, there's still preparation and goals that are, are being set um at each one so so it's fun she she likes she likes skating she likes seeing her friends there (laughs) but um you know who knows where how much longer we'll see her skating
1: (laughs) well that's awesome i'm glad she's having you know a lot of fun with skating and really has a love for it i've told so many kids who are at both the san jose rink and you know all over the country that have asked me questions about skating it really doesn't matter how far you get in the sport or in any sport you know reaching the top level it's it's the day-to-day things we learn from sport and athletics that transfer into our other spheres of life that give us so many strengths so it's good that emma gets to learn through skating you know a lot of those values
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and that's funny because she did compete at the regional competition last year and uh i mean she she worked really hard to prepare for mean she was doing double run-throughs of her programs and you know really focused on it and we traveled and um you know it was the first time she's ever traveled to a competition so i think that was a little different and you know she she didn't perform her best and i think she was really disappointed and discouraged from it and you know, I was like, well, do you think you want to compete competing and She said, I don't know. It's like all that work. And then it's just like, and then you <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, You know what? That's life. It that is. That happens. Like you, whatever you you know choose to do, whether it's being a musician or being a doctor, you're going to work really hard and some days are just not going to go your way. And that's, that's part of it. You got to keep, you know, pick yourself up and keep going. Right
1: <laughs> exactly oh so much to learn so much to experience it's great (laughs) well for the always dream foundation it has been so inspiring to watch you take it and have so much support in the bay area and have it be well known and you know for me to help out in any ways i can so for everyone listening the always dream foundation supports early childhood literacy so christy why don't you talk about how you started it and kind of the process of how it's been.
0: Yeah, so uh, started actually back in 1996, which is a long time ago, 24 years ago, but really just always with the intent to inspire the hopes and dreams of of kids out there. And, you know, knowing I had this fortunate path and support behind me to go after my dreams um, wanted to give that opportunity to underserved kids out there. And we've done a lot of things. And then back in 2011, 2012, we really focused our energy on early literacy. And I think, you know, becoming a mom, becoming a children's book author, just realizing that literacy is your foundation for life and and success in life. It's a direct correlation to how you're going to do in school and, whether you're going to graduate, if you're reading at grade level, all of that. So we decided to, you know, put all our eggs in that basket and really focus in on on helping the underserved children and families in our communities to have access to books and access to family engagement support to really help the the families out there learn and understand how they can, you know, be a part of the child's learning at home and then. You know, and also expose them to 21st century technology. So, as we've seen this year, it's been like more uh, the need for you know that that digital divide is is become more apparent, and the need for support with that 21st century technology is is greater than ever with the distance learning. So, so we're really excited to be able to um, offer those tools and and that family engagement support to get the kids off on the on the right foot.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, reading, it is so important for kids to be able to progress on track with their reading levels and their age levels. And it's really development for their mind to use those skills later in life and any success they're going to have with jobs, with living in our society today and everything. So it's like you said, the foundation, it's the building block for everything. So it's, really, really important for kids to value reading, for parents to value that their kids learn how to read and are on track. So how many schools across the Bay Area, and I know you're also in Hawaii, and I think schools in Arizona, maybe? Arizona too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many schools? Um,
0: Over the last, what has it been,
1: like nine
0: years now, we've been up in up to 27 schools and in the last two years we have redesigned our program and really streamlined it to become more efficient and more effective so uh, we've relaunched the new program and we're currently in 10 schools and that's throughout uh, the bay area arizona and hawaii again so uh, over 600 students this year. You know, it, it's been a crazy year, as everyone knows, and I think a lot of questions up there, especially in the nonprofit world, um, how to keep going during a COVID situation. But um, because our program is home-based, we're able to continue to run it as planned and really give the resources to the families at home. And so we're continuing our, our projection to continue to grow and, and serve more students and expand the program. So, so, yeah, 10 schools this year and,
1: you know, who knows, maybe 20 or 25 next year. We'll see. <laughs> that would be so awesome. Wow. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool just to see such a meaningful nonprofit, such a meaningful philanthropy actually take effect in the Bay Area. Like I've seen the from the elementary schools who have come to watch those little performances and everything. There are real kids that are benefiting from this. So yeah, it's very inspiring for me to watch you do this. And it's also very inspiring for a lot of the kids, obviously, because of your Olympic history and your presence in the Bay Area. But for skaters I think that is something that very role model of you which is right on track but for everybody listening in the last few years uh, I've worked with Christy for a few holiday shows (laughs) where I've been choreographing some holiday numbers for local kids in the Bay Area um, in San Jose and in other areas and we do a little holiday performance in outdoor rinks throughout the Bay Area and there has been some elementary schools that will come and watch and then the girls will help them skate and everything. And so it. I know it's been really fun for me, obviously, because I get to choreograph and make the kids all be characters. But um, I know it's just so special for them to be a p- part of a project that is so meaningful and it lets them perform for a good cause. Um, and so I've had a lot of fun creatively putting it together. And, you know, I think the kids are just super appreciative of, you, Christy, for letting it happen and helping us do that. So thank you. I wanted to thank you for that. No,
0: you're welcome. And, and thank you again. <laughs> I think your talent goes beyond being a skater yourself. And I think your dedication and your love for the sport truly comes out because when you are working with the younger kids and teaching them the, the show programs and uh, and really teaching them how to really get into their characters too, uh, on what they're uh, portraying, I think is, you know, not everyone can do that. And you you definitely have uh, a knack for really creating, you know, something that's so perfect for the moment. And it, it's not easy what what you've been doing uh, to create these holiday shows. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I thank you. We're so, you know, love you. And I think amazed that you put the time and so much um, <laughs> you know, care into it, but it's like you said, it, when you're doing it for the kids, not only the school kids, but also the kids who are skating in it, they're, they're all getting something from it. And, and
1: that was, I think is motivating and and inspirational too. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And thank you so much for coming on this podcast today. That was really awesome.
0: Yeah. No, thank you. Great to see you and actually get to chat with you when we're not like passing out the rink really fast. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah exactly thanks for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it please give me a rating give me a review give me a subscribe and follow me on my instagram that's where i'm promoting this my username is at pauline edmonds and keep letting me know what topics you want me to discuss who you want me to bring onto the show and i can't wait to talk to you guys next week